Hello, everyone. Welcome to Get in the Garage. We're a music podcast. For music lovers. Welcome. Welcome. Yeah, here. We're fine. <laughs> I like your double welcome. Huh? I like your double welcome. Thank you. Very welcoming. Very, very welcoming. Yeah, baby. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Get in the Garage. I am Mike here. I'm Luke. I'm Jeff. And uh, we've got a lot of fun things to talk about on this episode. Um, So it's Christmas in June, (laughs) so to speak. Okay. Um, You know, one of the gifts that always give. The gifts that always keeps Calvin giving. I've heard Mariah Mariah Carey has the hard, (sighs) hard hand of the law down on her mm. yeah she i think she'll win though i think the she'll man, fight the law and I heard, she'll win i heard the man's been bringing her down you know so what's what's been going on with that uh mariah Carey was recently sued for copyright infringement for her christmas classic all i want for christmas is you by a man <laughs> named andy stone who performs in the stage name vince vance and the valiants <laughs> which is basically like a not so fun like b52 style band it seems like yeah um, the B fifty booze. Yeah, <laughs> if you could just suck all the fun out of that band. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which really is all is. that band is. Uh, I, I, it's, it's, it's not really based on anything really valid anyway. The song, it's just for the song title. It's a title, same title. Oh my god! Did you see the picture of it? Yeah, of course sorry. I did. Yeah, <laughs> it's clown. maniac. What was his original name? Vance, Andy Stone. Andy Stone. The band is Vance Valiant or something. Andy Whatever Stone's already said. a great stage name. No, Andy, no. Yeah. Andy Stone, Andy Stone, but he's he's suing uh, twenty million dollars because he wrote a song in the mid '80s called "All I Want for Christmas Is You," and uh, he just wants some of that fucking cash cow money. He wants that cheddar because Mariah Carey is making millions of dollars every year from that hitting number one every single Christmas season. Uh, I listened to his song, and it's like. Not for nothing, man, but if you're going to be throwing around lawsuits, like he, that song he wrote sounds like every fucking other Christmas song, which is the problem with Christmas songs. They all kind of sound the same. Yeah, because it talks it gets They're talking all about one, like... one, six, four, five chord yeah. patterns. They're all like... <laughs> and it's like, okay, man, whatever. Um, it's It sounds not, obviously nothing like Mariah Carey's actual song, but it's based in that simple old rock and roll chord pattern of every song sounds like that so there um, are so many songs with the same song title anyway though like right. uh, already i can think of like a million other ones that are just referencing the song anyway right you know yeah it just know. i don't think it's gonna hold up no he just wants his name in the press and he wants a hundred grand of the 20 million he's asking for basically <laughs> like let's be real like he wants to buy some new wigs well you know i think now that new, the uh, new leopard print now I, can't, <laughs> I can't believe they didn't even like shush him off money like mariah carey is shush off money yeah yeah but you know i mean all you can't publicity set a precedence, is good publicity, i suppose mariah carey if you would like to give me money i <laughs> will never say anything about you ever again ripping our christmas song off yeah this is luke this has been <laughs> You know how to get to me. Yeah, so uh, I, I just think it's a it's a meritless thing and it's yeah whatever. It's just bizarre. You know? It's like who care like what I don't know. When it comes down to copyright infringement in music, it like this isn't the same correlation, but when the blurred line thing uh when Marvin Gaye's estate won that suit because he he replicated a, a a vibe or an aura or a feel of a song, and it's like, well, like all music is trying to be other music, basically, and like blurred lines definitely shared a bass line, though. I it the don't 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 oh yeah, but he, I mean, Pharrell was very clear and like, well, obviously, I know got to give it up. And I wanted that type of a song. Right. But I didn't like steal the melody or the chords or. It's a very different thing. Like, but I mean, yeah. I don't know. If it's, clo- if it's close enough to make you go, meh, you know. But yeah. like, even on yeah. the Silk Sonic one, like there's a Jackson's rip that right, I, every, I noticed yeah, that's like so obscure that like, n- you know what I mean? Like nobody's listening yeah. to like a mid 1976 Jackson's record mm-hmm. and being like, oh, except. Yeah, you know, I was like, oh. In general, like 
every R&B song sounds like another R&B song yeah. in a large scale. Every garage rock song sounds, sounds like, like every yeah. other garage rock song. Every stoner metal song sounds like every stoner metal song. There are just like certain genres where it's like you become more of a victim to that type of songwriting. But this is like, you can go watch the video. I, I strongly encourage it. Like I said, it's like a whack B-52s. Yeah. Um, it's a fine song, but it's like, yeah. it doesn't sound anything like Mariah Carey's song. My thing is, is way. like, why are you waiting 28 years? Because <laughs> you know well, I mean? it's like a stock. Her, that it song keeps going is, a, up. yeah, yeah keeps, I suppose It keeps so. getting more. That like, song is a monster. Well, and then it said that like, um, who was it? Michael Buble covered it. And then who else covered it? So like, oh, the royalties just keep coming in. Like they just yeah. keep pouring in because every version of it, you know, mm-hmm. Is just raking in all this cash. So, I mean, I guess, but it's like, all right, man. Before we leave topic, how do we feel about the Sam Smith, Tom Petty lawsuit? Because oh. uh, I'm not the only one w- was similar to free falling. Is that what it's supposed to be? Uh, uh, no. Uh, won't, won't back down. Won't back down, yeah. Um, I don't even remember that See, one. that one, for, uh, yeah. for me, that one, I was like, oh, that it's like kind of a rip on the melody. It's kind of a rip on like the idea of it. But it's like every song but it's ever. hard. I, I don't know. Right. See, like, I get, of something. I get like, you know. I, you know, I get like, you know, whatever with it. But like, it's it's a wash at some point. But also, it's like, you know, I don't know. Listen, listen to any metal song. If none of these people are struggling, yeah, like then I, I don't care really. So, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, is Vince Van though, struggling, though? He's struggling to find a like, good barber. What I'm saying is like Tom, yeah. Tom Petty didn't need the money. Yeah. Right, and that 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 song is like it's a it's a four five one. Yeah, and it's four, like four five one, and the melody has like a couple notes that are the same, but not really. And before we leave the topic, too, Tom Petty didn't sue the Strokes for rewriting "American Girl" as last night, and like sure. it's the same, like yeah, yeah. even the double guitar doing in the intro. What, yeah, are it's a, what are you gonna it's, do? It's Let a, us know what you think. Yeah, which song's better? <laughs> <laughs> Mariah Carey's. Clearly. It's Mariah Carey. Oh, it's, before we leave, too, I know yeah. I love that new. I don't know who does it, but whoever does the Mariah Carey, I've been hearing it on one of seven seven in the morning. It's like the Mariah Carey mix of fantasy. It's like a new like mix of it, and they oh. use the Tom Tom Club. It's like a double 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 on the Tom Tom Club sample. Oh, really? It's so it's cool. Oh, check it. It's all cool. right, I'll have to check that. I don't out. know I who does it. If you yet. know who does that fantasy song, it's on. You know, the radio all the time. Yeah. Let us know in the comments. Right on. All right. Well, moving along, our best, you know, best uh, best regards to the Mariah Carey estate. Hopefully she uh, she comes out on top on that lawsuit. Mm. Um, so recently, uh, I believe it was June 7th, Rolling Stone released the 200 greatest hip hop albums of all time. Wow. Of all time. Uh, we're not going to obviously cover all 200 of those. Uh, Number not 199. <laughs> but I figured we could at least like you know go up maybe the top 10, maybe bleed into the top 20 just a touch here. Um, so number one, right, for me, it's the Notorious B.I.G.'s Ready to Die released in 1994. We've talked about it before. We talked, on, uh, uh, we talked about it with the first Phil podcast, audio-only podcast that we have. <coughs> Excuse me. And... You know, I I think it's one of the greatest hip hop albums of all time. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing is that you know, Rolling Stone credits it to being like it says, yeah, uh, Ready to Die marked the precise moment when hip hop's golden age transitioned into its modern age, the height of New York hip hop, and the sound of the greatest rapper of all time at the absolute top of his powers. And I get that, but it's mm-hmm. also kind of like, do you think that there's this thing that happens because you see it a lot? with like the greatest um guitar players of all time like all these lists it almost seems like the people who have passed away kind of are just like guaranteed to be like top 10 within the top I mean, it, 10, it makes you know? sense though because we have what we have and they can't yeah. spend 35 years making shitty eric clapton records i suppose so I suppose so. <laughs> you know, like old slow know. hand. <laughs> like, um, but I, I know what you're saying. Though. And when I you get in particulars of ranks and lists, and it's like, well, is it one or should it be number four? Or should it be number eight? It's like, yeah. is it is it in the conversation? That's the point. So I think makes sense to be up there. I think the real like contentious thing from like you know the outside rap world view would be like uh, that. Tupac was not in the top ten. No, he was not. Is number one. Um, yeah, but what's the best Tupac album? All Eyes on Me. 
and it's in the top 20. It's in the top. It made the top 20. Number, all, all Eyes on Me is a double album, and there's a lot songs. of extra. Yeah. It's not a bad album. There's no, yeah. I wouldn't say there's bad songs, but it's a bloated double album. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, let's. You can know, we read I'm the not, top ten? Yeah. 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 Um, number number one, Ready to Die, Notorious B.I.G. Number two, Stankonia by Outkast. Number three, The Blueprint by Jay Z. Number four, It Takes a Nation of Millions to Hold Us Back by Public Enemy. Number five, To Pimp a Butterfly by Kendrick Lamar. Six, My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy by Kanye West. Seven, Missy So Addictive by Missy Elliott. Eight, Enter the Wu Tang Thirty Six Chambers by the Wu Tang Clan. Nine, The Low End Theory by A Tribe Called Quest. And ten, The Miseducation of Lauren Hill by Lauren Hill. Yeah, I think that's a strong top ten. Yeah, they're I think all in the conversation, in my opinion. Yeah, and I think with each... one exception. What's that? That Missy Elliott album. I love Missy Elliott. I don't think it belonged. To... Can Can any of you even name two songs on that album? No. Get your freak on. Which is one? Yeah, I knew the and, and that's, that's pretty is the much other it. is Super Duper Fly on there? Nope, that's no, that's her first album. This see? is her third album. Um, the other hit on it was One Minute Man, which is her. It's singing, which is cool. I, yeah. I'm into it. She's a great singer too. Um, but that that album had two hit songs, and even the second hit song, most people don't recall. So see, for me, it's a cool vibe. Cool that should have been that should have been Lauren Hill. I think Flipped Lauren up Hill. Higher, sure. Yeah, I think Lauren Hill deserved the the number seven spot. Sure. If we're you know if we're talking, you know, female artists for female artists. Yeah, I, I think suppose. I think Missy Elliott goes in their list because of the, um, like looking back on it, how much influence she had because yeah. she was really celebrated and really hot for the time that she was here, but her recording music career. <laughs> I like how we talked about her like she's dead. Well, her recording music career. <laughs> How long? How long did Missy Elliott make music? I'm gonna guess like seven years, uh, twelve maybe. Nine years. Oh, that was close. And Missy Elliott. How old is Missy Elliott now? She hasn't made an album in forty-four. Fifteen years. She's forty-four. She's only fifty years old. That was close. Yeah, yeah. but she hasn't made an album since uh, I think it was two thousand two thousand five. Yeah, that's the. Uh... Is it worth it? Let me work it. Uh, the album after it's the one with um the Sierra song. Oh, okay, okay. Um, yeah, I can't remember the name of that song either. But I remember watching it on TRL. Big song, yeah. Whatever that song is. Um, but, oh my God, what is the name of that song? All right, well look it up. But I got it. We'll do some reconnaissance. I, here. I, I like I you know it's an album of Timbaland beats and it's really futuristic and cool sounding, but it's like lose control. Lose control. Music, Music makes you lose control. Right, um, but I think it's it's a representation thing, which is cool. Applaud, you know, women in hip hop, all that stuff. It's good stuff, um, and I think I think the Missy Elliott album is more influential on female artists mm. than I may know, because I'm not a female hip hop artist. Yeah, but I'm sure that all the Nicki Minaj's and beyond generation right loved missy elliott yeah 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 so it's understandable but as an album as like hip-hop history i think you could pull any hip-hop fan off the street and they couldn't name three songs off that album yeah it's just I, whereas, uh, whereas all the rest the in the basis, top 10 you know? all the rest in the top 10 are like i mean ubiquitous like, yeah and i i've i'm very familiar with those and i could name half of the tracks on every album yeah um there's yeah. one missing in my opinion, a very strong one missing. It's it's listed number twenty four on the list, and that's Nas is Illmatic. Thank you. Because thank you as a as a high point of the art form and you know, hip hop music is is about the culture of uh, the popularity of the songs and all that as well. But not Illmatic is still off cited of like this is one of the greatest. So. At number 24, is it still one of the greatest? Sure. But to me, that should be at least in the top 15. Yeah. Because did it have radio hits? No. But does it have songs people know? New York State of Mind, Halftime, yeah. you know, One Love. Like, there's well, still a bunch of songs people know. And, like, in contrast, and I'm, this isn't hating on Cardi B, but Cardi B's number 16, but Nas is number 24. Mm -hmm. It's like, I, you know, I, I don't, I mean. And I think... Yeah, the, I think that's a clickbait thing because yeah. that Cardi B album is really, really good. I think it is one of the yeah, best hip hop albums saying, in like, the past decade. And we're I, not shitting on Cardi B. I think by it's. Any means. I think I didn't look at the full two hundred, 
but it's it's probably one of the newest that is on that list. That came out in 2018, I think. Yeah. And when it came out that year, it was number one on Rolling Stone's year-end list. It was number one on like Spin Magazine's year-end list. It was number one on a bunch, you know, the Source or Double XL or whatever. And um, so I think that was kind of like, well, let's put it really high, get a conversation started, get people looking at this list a lot more, <laughs> you know, like get some eyeballs on yeah. it. It's like, even to that point, I'd like, put it at 30 maybe, Nicki, but I don't know. Nicki Minaj's Pink Friday 2010 is at 31 on the list, which, which is, is also pretty high up on the that, list for yeah, like a, it's a 10 year old album, but you know what I mean for that. Yeah. That kind of style. Yeah, there, yeah. I mean, I think it's a good mix that top 10 of, um, what what's the oldest on that top ten? It would I be think it's, I think takes it's a nation of millions. Take, take nation. Oh yep, yep. Which is like another thing in the in the <laughs> I think it was twenty twenty that Rolling Stone did their reissue of the five hundred greatest albums, five hundred greatest songs, all that stuff. And it takes a nation of millions. That was was like number four. Yeah. On the list yeah. of greatest albums of all time, so it's understandable that they put it this high. Um, it almost doesn't make sense though, because if you're going by like best rap record of all time, and it's on the 500 greatest albums of all time, it should always be the should number be the one same number, <laughs> right. get, or it should get right. the number one spot, right. seeing that no hip hop album preceded it on right. the list. Yeah, it's interesting. I don't know who does the voting or whatever. It's a different list. It's probably like yeah, a different, yeah. whole different vote thing. But um, yeah. also, what I was shocked at too, seeing that like maybe it was because of this, but the Eminem uh, controversy thing mm-hmm. that had been going on uh, lately, that uh, Eminem, I thought Eminem was going to be. For sure, in the top ten, there had to have been an Eminem album because it was huge. I thought it'd be top twenty. I didn't think they'd put him top ten. I thought, but it, I think Marshall Mathers was like it was close. It was like it was twenty eight like, or something. Yeah, it was pretty high. Was yeah, there. I'm looking right now. High I'll meaning like it. not as low yeah. of a number as I uh, twenty five. Number twenty five. Yeah. That's what I I thought Marshall Mathers LP would be um, at least. I thought it would be like eleven. 20. I thought it would be <laughs> yeah. like close. I and think. and if you're if you're going by numbers and impact. You can make an argument that it should be up there. Yeah, and it's it's not that like you know I I'm like this is the hip hop top. T- I could never make that list. Right. But um, on the other hand, I was like I, I was shocked because I was like as far as like hip hop albums, I think were like giant and huge. And mm. I mean that was yeah. like one. I also thought Get Rich or Die Trying would be a little bit. I thought. Oh that, yeah, and that I, was yeah that was in the 30s maybe or 40s. Yeah, I mean DMX, it's dark and hell is hot. Yeah, that was number 22. Yeah, deuce deuce. So I mean you know. <laughs> There, what was what was one that was I would say, quote unquote surprising. I I only looked yeah. at the top oh. ten because I were talking about Queen Latifah's was pretty high. Yeah, that was like eighteen. Yeah, was uh, it? I think yeah, it's a Queen Latifah. I think it's Queen Latifah, and she's like dressed. Oh, Lil like, Kim is number nineteen. Okay, so Latifah might be around there then. But it's an album where she's like standing like, and she looks kind of how like Janet Jackson looked with the all black outfit and like. Like a black hat. Yeah, I'm not see. I didn't. I'm not seeing it. You know what was surprising for me was the fact that Dr. Dre's The Chronic was at number forty, but mm. Dr. Dre 2001 was number what is it? Number thirteen. Yeah, that was strange for me too. That was a I weird did, one for me too because I, I feel like the it. first. I feel yeah. like The Chronic. For sure. <laughs> the, the Chronic was like. For me, it's just like that is the iconic. That's the iconic, like West Coast sound album. That's like Dre at his best, you know. And to put two thousand one to rank that higher in that way to me was just it was just kind of like I kind of made me. I think it's twenty twenty two, and you can't put those kind of albums that high in these lists anymore because it is very inflammatory and very fucking terrible yeah, that's content. I mean, to, to be also, fair, to there's too, a lot of misogyny in that yeah. record. Like, there's a like lot they're of, not going to put that in the top ten because they and like they don't even mention like because like the crazy like misogyny that's on the record. They don't mention it in the review. They no. just say like draft over dense uh, P funk beats. Right. This yeah, stoner right. classic, you know. Da, yeah. da, but um. Uh, Chance the Rapper too like before The Chronic was also interesting because I was like oh okay I like that album though but, Acid Rap I got that one it was like on like uh, his Tumblr page or whatever that's what I'm back in 2012 I remember it was like a huge record when that came out that like I remember very much like changing it was like hip hop like was changed because of that but I, at the same point I was like going down the list and I was like yeah. oh I was like yeah. after The Chronic Ooh, I was, what like, was the highest Drake one Take Care yeah uh, Take Care at number 11, 11 yeah. which I also thought 
was a bit like brazen out because I was like, wow, 11 yeah, Drake? Yeah, for, but for, that for, for, album. For the past decade, that's the one that people talk about. I mean, about. people literally, like, yeah. I'm sure everybody's seen it at some point. That lady that got Drake tattooed on her forehead, like the word, the <laughs> but, name Drake tattooed across her forehead. Like, I, I get Drake that. fans are no joke, dude. I get that, but even to the point where, like, when we were talking like hip hop with like between like Devin and uh, oh my god, Phil, yeah. Phil, sorry, Phil, um, <laughs> brain fog. But we are like uh, having the the contention between like albums we thought were like dope and shit. They were like there was big contention on like the Drake albums, which was interesting that it was you know. Yeah. So. Which Drake album did we talk about with Devin? We it wasn't about Take Care. I thought oh, it was. It was Take Care. Yeah. I was like, I listen to that. Which me personally, it's I like two other Drake albums more maybe. Yeah. But yeah, but th- that's the thing though is like because when I was reading the list, I was trying to think about just this idea that's just like, you know, some of these albums might seem like a curveball for me in the way that like you know i always kind of feel like the like the founders should get more credit than they get you know what i mean but then like (laughs) where's slick rick on this list dude i you know what i mean though where's the adventures of slick rick come Come on on, man Uh, children's story can i just fucking (laughs) say the um the sugar hill uh collection like compilation was in the top it was either in the top, top 40 or 20. It was, yeah. it was, it was and Eric, close. Eric B. and Rakim was 12 yeah, or 13 got, or right. something. Right, so they got theirs, that, which is good. And then even like you, when you go up, you can kind of was see it run, them Was together. it Run DMC's run first DMC. or Raising Hell? I think it was their first was like 25 or something. Was it? Because I was I thought like Raising Hell would have been like a no, little I, bit. No, I think it's their, their self-titled was first. Oh, I can't. I don't know. I, I don't see it. But you I do mean. You could do a control uh, search. Your mic's oh, like no, Run D- it's 43. The, the, the self-titled Run yeah. DMC album was 43. Yeah, but then you also see like, so The Chronic was 40. Uh, the Carter 3 Lil Wayne was uh, 39. You know, uh, Mad, Mad Villainry was, uh, got really high. That was like 18, I think. De La Soul was yeah. at number 33. Um, um, the uh, highest, I think the highest Beastie Boys was Paul's Boutique, which was 30. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. But yeah, which uh, is Mob Deep, the infamous Mob Deep record. was twenty eight. So you know, and that's that's a that's a huge hip hop album, you know. So where's my KRS One doing? Uh, I don't know. It's somewhere. I don't, it's, yeah, I don't, I don't know even know. If it's the, I didn't get is. through the whole list. But yeah, I mean, where, where's Snow on this list? Oh, he's on <laughs> my num- he's on my number one. <laughs> uh, uh, Jay Z's Reasonable Doubt was twenty six. Yep. You know, I mean, I think the Blueprint was probably a bigger album, but I do love Reasonable Doubt. Yeah. Also, Jay Z, can you put your music on streaming already? For the love of God, he's not on anything except he's for on the title. Yeah, he's on. The, oh, uh, he was on Spotify for a long time. Was he? Yeah. Oh, he, I, to he, be fair, I have held even... out, and then he went. He's, no, is he? Yeah, he's on Spotify. He's on Spotify. Is he? Everything's on Spotify yeah. now. Yeah. Uh, I never bothered to look because I always right. just assumed it's that... been for the last four or five, four years yeah. or so. Everything's yeah. on Spotify. Oh hell yeah! All right, cool. Oh, nice. I can't wait to listen to those little kids sing um, "Hard Knock Life." The, the <laughs> blueprint that I, that's my favorite Jay Z album. I think it's the best. Um, yeah. And yeah, I think Jay Z, Kanye West, I think was the first artist to have like two high on the list. Mm-hmm. Which, um, because Jesus was like in the teens, yeah, seventeen. Um, yeah. Surprising when we're talking about like history of hip hop, though the college dropout was like his fourth on the list. College dropout is like in the fifties or sixties. Yeah, it, that. Which is whatever. I yeah. thought I thought that one would be like ranked before, Me too. like the rest of them. I thought yeah. that one would have been like the higher one because it was kind of like the out the gate. Big yeah, change. I thought yeah. It'd be, I would thought it would be second after Twisted Fantasy. Um, yeah. And also, to Pimp a Butterfly being the first Kendrick one, you know, understandable. I, I, I think it is going to be his. Yeah, I'm more of a good kid, Mad City guy myself. But I mean, me personally, I I like Damn the most. Yeah. But that's also because it's not as sprawling as the other ones. Yeah. I don't know. So let us know what you Different. think in the comments, though. Tell us what you think. Do you think this top ten's good? Do you think this top ten's bad? Who would you uh, Who would you switch out for? Outcast who? at number two. That's that's the coup for people like me. Yeah, no, I saw that I and I thought Outcast. of you immediately. I was like, oh, Jeff's going to be happy. At least, if, if, at least if, Outcast got If I had two. my way, how, what Outcast? Uh, Southern Playlist, Kyle Music, Equemini, oh no, Atlians, Equemini, Stankonia, and The Love, whatever. So those the first four, though, me personally, all those four would be in the top 50. Yeah. 
yeah. I was just unassailable happy. those first But I mean, because Outcast though, because that well, that's what I was getting to was like you know like I, I I'm a I think about it in like the purest way where it's like you know the the founders of the genre te- should get the high rank and stuff. But then I thought about it like okay, well what 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 kind of thing does this artist like set off right like. Mm-hmm. You know, Missy Elliott started a thing, and you know, Outcast started a thing. Like Outcast is kind of like this iconic, like Atlanta rap, mm-hmm. you know, movement thing that had happened. You know, we had, we already had New York, we already had California for the longest time. You know, mm-hmm. so um, and, I think Outcast. I agree with that one. And, as and, two. Interesting when you come to music history, because like if you asked artists in the '80s what they thought about rock and rollers of the, like the late '50s. You know, that's who their forefathers were. Now, if you look at that list, so many of these artists made albums in the late 90s, early 2000s. So, like, people like us, we think that the real era of hip-hop was 90 to 94. Mm -hmm. But as time proceeds, it's like, yo, the 25-year-olds now, they like the shit from 2000 more than the shit from 1991. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. And you make this list in 20 more years? It's going to be a lot more of the artists from 2010 to 2020 being on that list. Yeah. Dude, our, my 11-year-old brother loves that. It isn't a rap song by any means, but the Apple Bottom Jeans Boots with the oh, Fur song, go, which yeah. is like, I'm like, uh, yeah, my brother's like, I love this song. Here's, I'm like, what? hip-hop history. <laughs> Sugar Hill Gang, Run DMC. Apple, Apple Bottom Jeans Boots <laughs> with the Fur. <laughs> the fur. <laughs> who sings it? Who sings it? None oh, of us know. Who is T-Pain? that? T-Pain. That's Flowrider. Is it Flo- <laughs> <laughs> And T-Pain, I think. Yeah. God yeah. bless T-Pain. I think. T-Pain's a I good man. I know it's Flowrider. He's a good that. man. <laughs> anyway, all right. Well, no, let's... you're not. No, it's no? Kev- is this dude named Kevin Turk. No. I don't or know. Or is this a... Is that a oh, different? Maybe, the no, song is different, called The song is called Low by Low by Flowrider. You're right. In T Pain. Oh. You're right. You're right. <laughs> yeah. Shorty got low, low. Trust low, me. Low, that that low, song low, came out was low, when I was like a freshman not, I in that college. Was Nelly. I don't know. That's that's the <laughs> soundtrack to bad decision making on a Friday night. Yo, oh, I didn't yeah. realize Flowrider's name was From Florida. Florida? <laughs> <laughs> the more you know, Flowrider. The more you the call. F, the F and the logo is the state. Yeah. Yeah, it's the it's the state of Florida. It's the, the, old, panhand- the, the old, old panhandle. Jesus. All right, let's take a quick break, um, and uh, and and we'll come back. And Shorty will get low, 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 low. We'll be right back. All right, welcome back, everybody, to Get in the Garage, a music podcast. I thought it was the. No. Yeah. I, what the fuck? I, You're demoting us. It's the after the yeah. break. Oh, was it the? Yeah. Oh man, I, I messed it up. I'm oh, sorry. I Jesus. thought I did it the right way. You need to train. The... You need to train whistle yourself. Music podcast. <clears throat> oh, the conductor drove it off the rails. <laughs> <laughs> Your license has been revoked. Um, so we wanted to uh, do a quick coverage of a recent release, album wise. Um, new music Fridays. Oh, what's music. going on? We have a chair issues. We adjusted. Yeah. <laughs> um, so this past Friday. Post Malone released, I'm not sure, his third Fourth album? Fourth studio album, album. Thank you. Called 12 Carat Toothache. Um, 14 songs, 43 minutes long. Uh, you know, what did we think about it? What did we think about it? Well, um, so Post Malone's like a, been a hip-hop guy for a couple years. Um, he's usually rap, you know, light rap. There is almost no rap on here at all um, by him i know he's been like more of the hip-hop dude but like mm. there's like no like, i would say he's he's hip-hop ad, hip-hop adjacent, adjacent yeah. but he de- he's never rapped no he's but like anonymous yeah i'm saying there's like there's no gesture to even like he's like talk there's no talk singing ever yeah, yeah it's yeah, yeah, no. there's no gesture at like rap yeah. it's it has like hit some hip-hop trap beats yeah. but a lot of it's like more yeah. of like a, a pop uh, yeah. flavored record so like that's what I was trying to say I was like this is yeah. not it's not really like a it seems like it's trending away from yeah. like, the hip hop I saw so many reviews being like hip, Post Malone the rapper and I'm like this dude has literally never rapped a word in his life mm. he's always sung he's a singer yeah he's done like the... it's hip hop music but he's a singer yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. He, d- he does a lot of like <clears throat> I like his use of uh, auto tune in an interesting way he kind of gives you that like wiggle yeah whatever they put in the algorithm to do his vocals it's interesting that it keeps that bleeding 
bleating like a like a goat. Well, yeah, let's to be goat, honest, because he does yeah. do that. It's, it's part of his vocal. Well, let's let's talk about where that's hit. I can't do goat it. Malone. <laughs> where it hits hardest <laughs> is that song uh, Lemon, Lemon Tree, Tree. which yeah. is you know my favorite song on the record. Mine as well. I think yeah, it's um it's the most interesting. Uh, the way he phrases better with the auto too. Better. Is, <laughs> Thank you. Literally, exact. a master impressionist. Thank, wow. Thank you. That's um literally like what that is. It's yeah. it's interesting though. It gives it like texture and flavor, um, which yeah. I kind of like. At first, I was like, "Oh, come on, man! I hate the way you phrase that." But then the third time, you're like, "All right, it's yeah. it's it's good." Um, yeah. I also like noted. I was like, "He this album kind of feels like." For me, like the way like Stained was huge and popular for their like <laughs> sure, yeah. depressive, Post Malone, the depressive Aaron kind of Lewis lyrics of and pop music, yeah. um, reflective yeah. like you know kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I was like, is Post Malone the modern Aaron Lewis? Like, oh, uh, because that yeah. was like a big record at that time, at least for like in the rock yeah. world. And then like mm-hmm. Post Malone now. Mm-hmm. Um, also, I thought Lemon Tree was more of like a rocky oriented song. I know it like mm-hmm. turns into a pop song more mm-hmm. at the end, but like, yeah, the guitar is there, and you could tell yeah. he wrote it on the guitar. You mm-hmm. know, so like that whole flavor was interesting. Yeah, and Post Malone, he can play guitar. Like he does know how to play guitar. Mm-hmm. There's a good YouTube video of him at Norman's Rare Guitars where he's like playing an SG. And that was the first time I saw it, and I'm like, "What the fuck is Post Malone doing at Norman's Rare Guitars?" And I was like, "Oh, he can—he knows how to play guitar." He also did the set of Nirvana songs during the pandemic, yeah. which was really oh, good. Oh, yep, 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 yep. Yeah, and that's how you guys start was um, singer, songwriting, strummy, hip hop adjacent folk music, mm. which I think is his lane. And um, if we're to jump ahead, the last track on this album is like a is a demo voice note of the song euthanasia that's in the middle of the album and me personally like i would love if he made an album of just his folk stuff just like just singing without all i i think the way he has vocal effects on his stuff um he uses it very well because it does it's not like his voice goes into the filter and then the filter is doing all the work it's like the filter that they do just sculpts what he does and strengthens it um but i enjoyed that voice note at the end and if he made an album of that, I would really enjoy that because yeah. the rest of the album, I'm going to say it's well made. It's pleasant, but that in a way, like, what does pleasant mean? Because, like, yeah. Post, like, Post Malone's music is, like, the jacuzzi of music for me. Like, it's never where I go, Ugh. but it's also never, it's rarely when I go, oh, shit, I'm really into this. Yeah. I'm really into a couple of his songs, but yeah. I See, don't know. For me, like, the like, like the hard the hard like self critical mm. negativity mm. on it over like the like slow hip hop beats is like for me it works like best on like that lemon tree song but even that's like it's a bit like affronting and then like the rest of it you're like it it gets to be like kind of like a lot and then mm. I found myself really loving him on the happy kind of fun tunes that were like jaunty and kind of went right through um the one with doja cat which was um Mm -hmm. uh i like you i like you Mm -hmm. that song it's simple it's a great pop song it's got a great hook um i was singing it all Mm -hmm. afternoon even though i didn't want to Mm -hmm. um I liked it on that because it seemed like he was having fun. The rest of the album where he's like really kind of like soul searching, it doesn't work for me as well. Like you were saying over the hip hop beats where I feel like if he was like more soul searching over a guitar and a like rock banded format, um, I feel like that would work better for him to emote those kind of hard edged feelings because over like the dance beats, they sound just a bit like kind of hollowed after like kind of the same sentiment gets said a couple times. Um, yeah. and the flavor doesn't seem to change that much. Um, on that note though, I did like the, um, the love hate letter alcohol. I mm-hmm. didn't love that song per se. I didn't mm-hmm. think it was like the best song in the record, but, um, these, the, um, the concept, the content of the song was interesting and also self-reflective in a more positive way than maybe some of his other songs, where like even on the first song, Reputation, where he's like, "I was, yeah, you know, I was born to do drugs, I was born to fuck up, mm-hmm. I was born to do, you know, hoes, all this shit." Um, where like Love Letter Alcohol was more of like an open kind of thing, mm-hmm. where it reminded me more of like Mac Miller's uh, 2009. Mm-hmm. Again, not. I, 2009 I feel like is a way super executed song where I don't really think that's of the same caliber but of the same thing like it's it's getting there so yeah I, I liked I, Wrapped I Around Your Finger that was a good tune you know why you like that song 
Because it's exactly the same song as his earlier hit, Circles. Run away, run away. Da, 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 oh, all right, all right. Because I was away. listening. It's literally the same melody. I got to the chorus. I'm like, this is the same song. Yeah, because I was listening to that song. And I listened song. to Circles. It's, it's like a half step sh- sharper. Yeah. And it's the same speed. And There was a couple of moments on this record where I listened to it and I thought to myself, like, I, f- like, I know I've never heard this album before. Mm. But I feel like I've heard yes. every song on this b- yeah. already. Like that, it was this thing, yeah. and I and and it was re- that that sentiment was reaffirmed because I listen. We listened to it this morning. Like I got up, we made coffee, and we were just kind of like sitting down, hanging out. And I was like, you know, I, I want to give this one more listen through before we do the podcast tonight. And Jade said the same thing. Mm-hmm. She's like, oh, I know this song, and I'm like, it's impossible for you to this know this song. song. Came out like three this days song ago. came out three days ago. <laughs> yeah. There's no way. And she's like, no, but I feel like I know this song, and I'm like. I, right. I thought the same thing when right. I listened to this album. There's a it's not every song, but there's quite a few. Yeah. Even like I like you, I like you. It's like it's, it's got that. It's thing. almost the same hook as like a million other songs, but mm-hmm. it's not a, the million other songs. You know, right, right, because right. that one sounds like. Even when I'm with my boo, it's just slow. It's I like you. I do. Yeah, it's the same thing. It's just yeah. see. Yeah. I was like, I knew sing, it's sing songy. It's it's vibe music. It's like, it's definitely vibe music. So what do you it's, think? It's very atmospheric. It's very like twenty ten Drake type mm. of ambient and keyboard. Lots of keyboards. Yeah. Lots of just atmosphere and like textures so, that are uh, just like. When do you listen to this? When do you listen to this album? Is this a night album? Morning yeah, album? Yeah. Afternoon night, album? Night album. Night, right? Yeah. This is like... Yeah. Like a hot summer night. I feel like this is... Because it's it's coming out now. It's in June. Yeah. I don't know, though. This I think is 8 this, p.m. or later. See, for me, like the content of this record is, is way too heavy. This is like a, you're like... I don't want to say this, but this is like you're like you're getting drunk or you're like getting kind of mm-hmm. fucked up or faded. Like, well, that's, that's, that's yeah. this record because it's like... It's like... It's got all those like... You know, I party too much. The things. bad guys are the good guys type of stuff. Well, it says yeah. it in that line. The he's anti-hero like, he's like in all the right. movies, I root for the bad guy. Right. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it, that yeah. Line. So it's, yeah, but I, it's, for me, it's like the getting faded record. Whenever you're getting faded, mm. if you're getting faded at eight in the morning, you play. If you're getting faded at eight at night, play. I don't care. It's up to you. But this well, is, he's getting faded at eight a.m. Don't get it twisted. Um, um, I also, don't, but I don't know. I, I like his persona. I like his public image. I like his like. I'm a nice polite gentleman and i speak well and i don't know so he might he might be a party guy he might be a reformed party guy i don't know the music is it's very background music to me because like you could put this on and you could play post malone stuff on a loop for eight hours and it would kind of mean nothing to me it would not offend me in any way and there'd be spikes of like sunflower or circles or you know songs like that that would go oh yeah i really like this song yeah oh cool melody and yeah, and his voice sound. I think his voice sounds good. I think he does the the effects process thing as well as maybe anybody has who like relies on that heavily to like make their sound is yeah. like so ingrained with the. It, you can't simply you could simply say auto tune. It's not as simple as auto tune, but um, yeah, yeah. I I I'm looking forward to him maybe stepping away from like I'm a global superstar who makes music that the algorithm algorithm will enjoy and like these songs kind of all sound the same so in a way all the kids who listen to this stuff are gonna play the shit out of this whole record and he'll have 10 songs on this album will be in the top 20 of the online charts but if he makes some more creative leaps i would enjoy seeing that yeah the two tracks i feel on the record lemon tree and euthanasia i feel like Mm -hmm. those were the standouts if you were to step out with that idea Mm -hmm. i feel like those were like the most creative even Mm -hmm. though like they were both like kind of like downer bummer songs Mm -hmm. um you know in content but like i feel like that is like the structurally musically they were the best written songs on the record yeah Yeah. um so i've you know, hoping that you know it kind of leans towards that way, like you were saying, and it's less algorithmy. And I think he yeah. could because his fans real understand that he did come from being a seventeen-year-old kid strumming acoustic guitar and singing these songs, but just with acoustic guitar. I hope he does that someday. I hope he yeah. makes an album of kind of rootsier, go with Don Waz or or Rick Rubin or something, and make make yeah. a a rootsy. Because he can still sing the same fucking songs. And, and he can is, still pepper in some drum machines and pepper in right, some keyboards. Right. The thing, but. too, is like you could still make the pop album if you want to, but like mm-hmm. I, I would buy like a Post Malone rock. I'd be interested to hear a Post Malone rock record. Because yeah. he's, yeah. he's a folk singer who is just singing in 2022. Yeah. yeah, And using the 
the stuff modern that media, you make, yeah. medium. Yeah. But uh, yeah. So right on. Yeah. Tell us what you think. Did you enjoy um, it? I'm I'm giving this a number ranking of, it's fine, uh, five and a half. Five and a half. You're gonna go five and a half. Because um, I want to say five, but it's well made, so I would say six. So I'll split the difference and say five. And okay, a half. I'll give it a strong six. I'll give it a strong six. I'm gonna give it. I think Jeff's right. Five and a half for me because I was yeah. gonna give it a six, but I'm like, I'm not. I know I'm not gonna re-listen to it. No. And like, if mm, yeah. if like I'm at somewhere and I'm like the the vibe now is like I'll throw on like I like you like that mm-hmm. song. If it was like a poppy vibe, I'd throw mm-hmm. that on somewhere. Cause it's like pleasing, but like Jeff mm-hmm. said, it's it's innocuous. It's background. Yeah, it's background, so, and that's not a bad. That's yeah. that's. I mean, I think we. It's plead good the background ca- music, right? Good. I think we yeah. plead the case for yeah. for like because you know background music might have like some negative connotations, but mm-hmm. I, when we talk about it, it's we don't mean it in that way, you know, like like this. His music has been playing the entire time we've been talking, yeah. and in a way, I kind of don't really realize it's happening. Yeah, right. Meaning, right. I don't want to be like, "Yo, can you turn this fucking thing or off?" Right. You like, never, or you never, or you didn't yeah. realize the song had changed. Right. It's fine. That's the other thing, which yeah. is it's fine. In, yeah. Like you said, so yeah. it's five. None of these songs in this record were bad or produced in like a annoying. They yeah. weren't like you know challenging in any way. Yeah. Um, you know, it's it's a good record, but yeah. um, mm-hmm. yeah. So, and it's also like, it's not for me. That. This is for twenty-one-year-olds. Yeah. yeah, it is. That's like, the thing too. Fine. That's I thought about that coming into this episode. I knew we were going to talk about this and listening to this album and everything. And like you know, similarly, like when we talked about the Harry Styles record, you know, it's it's three thirty-year-olds, thirty-something-year-olds mm-hmm. talking about music that's not necessarily made for us. And you know, and I was just trying to like figure it out and find ways to connect to it and all that stuff. And I might be post Malone's age. Do you think he's so? twenty-six? I think is he. Mm-hmm. He's 26. Mm-hmm. He looks terrible. <laughs> well, I mean, his whole... <laughs> he is 26. Dude. I thought he was like 30. I thought he was my age. Yeah, I thought he was like 29. He looks terrible. He doesn't I mean, look good. He has so many tattoos. I can't really tell what he looks oh, like, though. That's the so, thing. Yeah. I don't Before know. Before we leave, this... he looks better now than he did when he was 19. He made like this song, White Iverson. I think he was 19, and he. I say this with all love and respect <laughs> to him and the people I'm about to compare to. He looked like a, st- a straight up homeless person for three or four years. Yeah. And now at least he has money and like a public image and he like kind of like tries nice to look now. like an adult now. Yeah. <laughs> he does. He dresses. He was in a nice suit for SNL. He wears like nudie suits and stuff. Yeah. yeah. Like he's an old time cowboy in the 1960s. <laughs> I like it. I'm into it. He shouted prospector. out his uh, sponsor Bud Light in one of right. the songs too. He's like, I don't want that. I want Bud Light, right. which I also <laughs> thought was like, Good on him for getting that Bud Light money. He's yeah. like, he was drinking yeah. them on Rogan. He was just like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Who would I like to, I would like to see him like make a, like be yourself, but make it like a sad cowboy record. Like That's, be, yeah, give us the sad cowboy. Like, yeah. get, like instead of ambient synthesizers, like do some fucking pedal steel because you know mm-hmm. what at the end of the day it kind of fucking sounds the same. And you can make it's pedal just, steel sound psychedelic. Right, like, look at Pink that's Floyd. What I mean. You know what I mean? You, you just can like still... even like Lemon Tree. If it was a you can make some like tambourine. It'd be way more. It'll sound like a club beat. Like it's and Lemon Tree would be like a way more interesting song than a country song. You know what I mean? I think. So I think that's. I give it two two albums down the line. I think he'll start to go that route because. He's riding the wave of like just mass popularity right now, which is yeah. cool, man. Do your thing, make the music that the, they're eating up, and yeah. he's really proud of this. And you, sh- you should be proud of this album. I think, I think this is his most consistently good album of yeah. his other, like of his albums. Yeah, yeah. Right on. Let us know what you think. What's your ranking? Um, all right, moving on. Now, um, some people want to get into say collecting records. And it can seem a little bit, you know, daunting at first, right? I mean, if you go on YouTube or you go on anything like, you know, you 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 watch these YouTube videos and stuff, and it can sometimes seem like it's this like elitist kind of thing, you know. You have the audio files, and then like there's the there's a a million turntables and a you know a million different setups and a million different you know whatever, and then the actual purchasing of the records. So we thought that we would do a recurring segment. Um, where Luke talks to us uh, and, you know, on the topic of maybe like an introduction to uh, collecting vinyl records. Yeah, so we're because not Because gonna... this is not a green screen. This this, this is real. This is yeah, one... This is very real. This is one half of Luke's record collection. <laughs> one half. One half. This is like, uh, a, th- a, this is like a third, yeah. Well, we can't... still have some yeah. here and then there's <laughs> two there's more upstairs. No, there's just one shelf. Look up. at this. 
Look at this pile over yeah, here. Yeah, you don't see behind the camera the stacks of records that are just kind of miscellaneously placed everywhere. That's what I don't need. Yeah. Oh, well. Um, but yeah, so we're, we're not really going to get into like gear, gear today, but like I want to talk about like if you're going, if this is your job and you're going to go to the record store, um, you might want to be armed with a little bit of knowledge. Um, so I will give you some quick visual knowledge. There's a great uh, website called Discogs.com where you can enter the matrix number of any single album ever produced or released, and it will give you every single... The matrix? Yeah. <laughs> It'll give you every single uh, out, you know, the the pressing of your album. You could find it. So, yeah. and you figure out when it was made. But um, I'm gonna give you some quick like visual tips today, so we can um, at least get some of that down. So, yeah. um, I'm gonna choose a artist today that everybody knows. We're gonna be talking Bob Dylan, uh, a Columbia Records artist. Um, and we're gonna be taking the album Nashville Skyline here. I don't know how Post well Malone's grandfather. It kind of looks like it, right? <laughs> so. I wanted to show people um, this would be an original pressing of Bob Dylan's Nashville Skyline. This is what you would call a Columbia 2i press. Um, obviously, it's Columbia Records, um, and I have it backwards on this one, but um, here we go. Uh, it's a 2i because it has the 212 logo on there, the, the Columbia Record logo. Um, so that's that. That's how you know it's an original press. Um, these labels were made in the 60s, so you would have these from like the early, probably like 62, 63, to um, about 69 to 70, where they would start phasing those out, probably mm. more around 1970. Um, so that would be an original pressing of that, and then that would be probably hold a more premium value for you. Um, at a record store, so like, what would you be looking at for a record like price range for something like that? Um, You're talking like the fifteen, twenty. It 25? depends on what the condition is. Like Nashville Skyline in a good shape, original press can you know kind of get like anywhere. I think from like you know ten to like twenty bucks nowadays. Okay. Probably but like still fairly affordable though. You yeah, know what I mean ten to twenty bucks for an original press. You know that's not bad. Not too bad. Um, and then here I'm going to show you what would be an example of a '70s repress of this album. Um, so this is Bob Dylan's Natural Skyline again, and this would be the Columbia 70s label. You would note that it is completely red with um, yellow Columbia uh, lettering around the whole record, and it has little logos in between there. But um, this would be like a no-eye capital pressing, um, and this would be a 70s repress. So anything that came out in the 60s that has this logo on it, uh, this label – repress um so that's like a pretty basic knowledge but yeah. just armed with that skill alone and in a record store can really like get you or even if you're at the garage sale will really get you going a long way and quickly too just just for just for for, for the novice listener right so when we're, when we're talking about like what is a, what does repress actually mean right you have the master of the record that is like basically carved into what is it steel or I'm not quite sure, but they're basically these plates where the record gets pressed. A metal so when you plate. hear the, yeah, when you hear a pressing, it's 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 a literal term. It's it's pressed. The vinyl is pressed in between these plates, and then the grooves are imprinted on the vinyl itself, and that's what creates it. Um, a first press would be a cleaner use of those pressings. Right. Um, a later press might be, you know deteriorated to some extent um it might be like the same uh the sampers they used in the 60s it might not be as good um in some cases though it might be a little bit better um it all depends but um, most of the time you you really kind of if you're into it you know um a, you know a 60s press might sound better but um there's yeah. a lot of great 70s presses too i'm saying if that's if this is your deal so now we're getting like in the nitty-gritty of it of it yeah. all if you deals, you just want to listen to records. A '70s repress of like anything really is is fine and great. It does me well. I usually get them because they're cheaper, and I don't really care what pressing it is. Um, so it's all on what you want to do. Um, you could really yeah. create your collection the entire way if you're like, uh, uh, I want all original pressings. You know, it's a tougher hunt. Um, if you just want uh, to round out your collection with the best releases, um, represses are a great a great thing. And then yeah. even to um, like a modern day repress, this is uh, the dams, damn, damn, damned. Um, an original pressing of this is very expensive and something I could not really afford um, in my collecting habits. So this would be like a modern day repress of a of a older album. This would have been released, I think, in seventy seven. Yeah. So. 
Also, it's important to note as well that repress and remaster, very different things. You know, repress doesn't necessarily mean remastered. No, remastered would mean that the audio would be uh, messed with on on some level to sound new and redone. A little more polished. Jeff, you uh, enjoying your vinyl vinyl sleeving over there? One of the hardest hardest acts in all collecting. I was just making sure the 60s one was in the one labeled 60s. (laughs) I went through the whole shelf upstairs and marked all my doubles, if they were 60s or 70s and what press they were. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so they make modern things, too. So if you can't find something older and you're like, I need a copy of this, you can look, too, um, and see if they yeah. have made it back into print. Um, so I'm saying uh, reprint, yeah. though, means it was out of print, not currently available in stock, um, and they reprinted it so it would be back in stock. Right. Um, can you do? Can you just give us a little thing? Because you, you are more of the vinyl aficionado here and all that. Um, you know, when we saw a resurgence – of you know vinyl record collecting which happened probably what maybe like 2013 2014 record store days kind of started happening all that stuff kind of getting bat set into motion you saw a lot of 180 gram labeled repress uh you know albums and stuff like that is there is there is that you know was, is there any grounds to that to like, know that uh my friend noble records um check him out on uh youtube as well and instagram he has a shop in north carolina i believe um I was shocked to learn 180 gram really doesn't do anything. Um, hmm. That 70s like oil crisis uh, thin flimsy vinyl. Hmm. Um, there's a lot of that. Um, even a lot of those don't really sound too bad. Um, thicker, you know. I guess they it doesn't really do much. I guess uh, t- deterioration over the years. Hmm. Um, it might last a bit longer if it's thinner. It might be more apt, but. Because really? a regular record is probably what, like 120 grams? Like maybe? 100. I think they make them like 100, uh, 120, 130. Yeah. Um, I think it depends on the pressing yeah. plant that makes them. Mm. I have ones that are like, you know, you can go, woo, 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 and they yeah. they sound just yeah. as good as 180 right. gram. It's really doesn't. It's it, more so longevity than it is actual sound. I difference. would say so in the weight of the record, but I don't even think. Yeah. You know, even to that, it's it's even. You know what really is the matters is the pressing. I was pressing the grooves, the actual grooves, and not the the and, record possibly warping. And how it's yeah. mastered. The mastering of a vinyl record is mm. like the yeah. you know what I mean. So you don't want it to be distorted or too loud or, or too quiet. And then you play on your system and you hear there you the go. whole time you're playing. Yeah. So do you think it's kind of like a gimmicky thing? Like the, like the fact that, I mean, it's like, the in, really... it's just like the industry standard. They write 180 gram and they're not even 180 gram. They're like 130 gram. You just write it on there. Cause it sounds nice. It's really? like, like, yeah, it's like what everybody wants. It's yeah. the Egyptian. Uh, it's like the, the thread count and sheets kind of shit. Uh, it's okay. like the same thing. Yeah. Um, I also just want to note too, like I gave you one label example. There's like many, many more in label variations, but like, that's just a, mm. uh, also, yeah. you know, like just a simple one that you can like look at and see mm. there's, a million yeah. record labels, so every yeah. variation of that. So now you have some Beatles ones to compare. Yeah, I wanted to show some different Beatles records too, because I'm obviously like they're probably because there's UK pressings, there's American. Yeah, and the Beatles are you know the most popular, and a lot of people are into them. So I thought we overrated go through some of that <laughs> over bums. here. Practice um, more. <laughs> I don't. Okay, so this Beatles album we have. Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band, released in 1967. Um, the original pressing of that album, which I have right here, or a original-ish earlier pressing, um, would have been... Okay, so I have a Apple Records. I don't even know which one's the original. I don't know if it originally came out on Apple in America or if it came out on... Um, Capital, which I would believe this album would have came out on Capital Records as Apple Records wasn't started until 1968. So, Correct. White Album. Mm-hmm. So this is actually a repress of Sgt. Pepper. So we have a um, Apple label. The original would be a Capital Rainbow Band. It's a Capital Records, and it would have a rainbow all around mm-hmm. it. So this would have, this is even a 60s repress of Sgt. Pepper's. So... Um, Apple label right there, and then if you pass, nope, I have it right here. You want to slide that back into there? There you go. All right. So, and then also right here we have a capital uh, purple label, which is from the late '70s. So this is even older. Um, so even to know, um, like the capital purples, um, like you have right here, 
I have a couple of these uh, Beatles records on Capital Purple labels. They sound amazing. They mm. are great pressings, and they're usually very cheap. Um, so that would be like uh, something like I would shout out. I always like the Beatles records on Capital Purples. They're from the later 70s, but for some reason, I the quality of the records and the pressings of them, they're just really, really good. Yeah. Um, I would suggest them even over an Apple label pressing. In my really? Opinion. Yeah. Because the Apple ones was in their shit was just getting off the ground when they were repressing these on Apple. Mm. I think too in like the later 70s I think um, Capital just had better like m- better relations with the manufacturers around right. the country. That's what I mean. mm. Yeah, and and it just comes out a more solid product. Um so that's that kind of deal. Um, Ooh, difference on these. Yes, and you possible can, difference. Definitely. One can, is marked stereo. Which would be the 60s one, and then it's implied that it's stereo on the later 70s pressing. Mm. Right. Hmm. So Interesting. Implications. Yes. And then I also mm. wanted to get down to um, like what the Beatles albums in before Sgt. Pepper's came out, what happened to them in America. So we have a bunch of hodgepodge Beatles albums um, that were made specifically for the American market um, before – Sgt. Pepper's came out and they wanted to be an album band. Mm. Um, we would get chopped up versions of all the mm. Beatles albums. Um, so this is a chopped up um, rubber sole. This is a U.S. rubber sole, as you would really call it. Um, it starts with I Just Seen Your Face, a song from the Help album. Mm. Um, and it kind of went for a even more overtly like folk rock feel on the American release. Um, you can also tell it says new improved full dimensional stereo. That's a definitely a project of the sixties. Um, those really didn't come out later. Those kind of logos. And then again, you're going to see that we have a Beatles, um, Apple records record label. So this would be a later after like 1968 pressing of this. So probably like to that to like 1970. Yeah. Um, it's just like an interesting thing to know, and, and a, again, this would come out originally on a pa- um, a capital purple rainbow. Label. It's interesting that they like because if that's on Apple, right? Then that happened later. Yep. That they would still could, could because really the Beatles owned Apple, so they would have repressed that and then released it. Like, why didn't they? Since it was on their label, and then they had the control over it. You know what I'm saying? Like, why wouldn't they have? Why oh, would they make it, it on they, the U.S. track listing? It's just a like it's a vanity label at that. So like any new release from um, the Beatles would be a fully immersive thing, but that's already like contracted. It's like a vanity label. So anything, oh, so, so anything, you know, more the, like a contractual obligation to keep the track listing. Yes, to the I, original. I US. would, I would believe so. Gotcha. And even at that point, too, um, a lot of Americans like those because that's what they grew up with. So, oh, right. So, like, right. Yeah. So, you're like some so, dude living in Milwaukee, and you're like, why the fuck is this new rubber soul? Why well, the first rubber right, soul's so got the wrong no, songs? In on America, it. nobody yeah. had correct Beatles records until the 80s when CDs came out. And they re decided that the catalog from the UK was the catalog, which it always was. Yeah. And we got rid of these, like, US things. So, these are only like a relic of record collectors and people that grew up with them. So, gotcha. Nobody really knows that. Um, And I also just wanted to uh, shout out, I have a. Brand brand new, uh, well, probably like ten years ago now. Uh, pressing of Rubber Souls is a repress, which would have been the original UK pressing. Now is that mono or stereo? This is a stereo press, and I just want to show. This has what would be the original label on there as well. This would be what um all Beatles UK records would be on, uh, up until the like white album when they would create their own record label. Um, but everything else beforehand would be a Parlophone label, and that's what that looks like right here. Um, there it's upright right there to the camera. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Um, and that's just another kind of interesting aspect. This would be the, what the originals look like. And then that, and then I wanted to show like what original before Apple records was created. Um, this is a capital rainbow, um, record label. Um, this would be like, you know, like I said, everything before, um, the white album and that's what every Beatles record would have been released on the US records US in America yep into that I even pulled out the most butchery of the covers of the of those records is the butcher record this isn't 
uh, an original by any state. <laughs> this is a definite repress of that What's record. It called and the Beatles. Uh, no, we are the Beatles. <laughs> yesterday and today. Okay. Um, you could tell. So an original Butcher cover, which you, you may know, is like a vinyl thing. Um, the Beatles uh, posed with a bunch of um, raw meat in butcher suits or like butcher's uh, aprons yeah. and then was covered in blood. It was like pretty yeah. graphic picture and that was going to be the name of it. Um, that's why I refer to all the Beatles Americans albums as butchered because of that. It uh, was kind of a play on that. Mm. Um, so this is – so what they did is they took all of those. They released in the market. The press went nuts, and then they took them all back and pasted this cover over it. Um, and then you could take them off and peel them. You could see usually sitting by Ringo. You could see his turtleneck underneath from the other picture. Um, you could tell this is a repress because it says gold record. A gold record would have had to have sold 500,000 copies in the United States to achieve that status. Therefore, you know this is most definitely not a first Original. press. Yeah. It's a good telltale, yeah. Um, yeah, anything with that gold record label thing on it, obviously it already sold and made gold, so it's not original. So another yeah. helpful tint, uh, hip. I can't talk. Another tip. Tip. <laughs> tip. Yeah, and then just a, a reminder too, like that's the thing, man, is – and I think people are more hip to it now uh, that this sort of vinyl record resurgence has kind of – you know, it's 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 we're you know at least ten years into it at this point. I think ten, you know, eight to ten years into it. Um, you know, you don't have to go to big box stores to buy records. Like, get down on your knees and 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 thumb through some moldy old records and stuff because like you can find. I mean, the, like shout a out lot to of my disc. I, like again too. Know. Like I play records that are playable. Um, like that Beatles record. Like the back of it is like rotted off, but. I it's the record sounds good and it doesn't skip yeah. and it's not super noisy so I keep it in my collection and that's yeah. my copy until another one comes along that's nicer um, I'm definitely not a snob some people are, are, are like record snobs so they gotta be like stupid clean like even I'm looking behind Jeff right now this one that looks like it's like about scratched by a cat like yeah and I th you know for me whatever it is it's a good enough copy it's Venus and Mars, Mars by Paul McCartney, Paul McCartney and Wings but like it looks like it's been eaten by a cat I got that record for free. It plays all the way through. So yeah. I rem my friend George Bruderman, uh, Feel Feelings podcast on the Robot Wasted Robot Network. Check it out. Uh, he gave me that record for free. So it's yeah. like it just it is what it is. That's the copy of Exile we were talking about last week is destroyed. Yeah. But like Yeah, don't be afraid of chewed up album yeah. covers as long as the record itself is good and it plays well. Like that's that's always been my motto. And to note on that too, I just like brought up on the table here like a record vacuum. Um this is a more expensive item, but like record cleaner is like pretty cheap and you can really get a lot of scrubbing out with like a nice little record scrub. Yeah. So it's you know, the yeah. it's not um out of your possibility to get into records. There's plenty at the flea market. The yeah, real the real and, Beatles. And the, yeah, the monkeys. <laughs> Uh, and like shout out to our local record store, Mystic Disc, uh, Dan, the yep. man down at Mystic Disc, uh, the Telegraph in New London. Yeah, it's like there's plenty. Support, there's plenty of places around. Yeah, support your local places, and a lot of the, those local places. I know Dan for sure. I'm not sure about the Telegraph, um, but Dan at Mystic Disc in Mystic, Connecticut, for sure cleans every single oh, yeah. record. And if he thinks that it hasn't been cleaned, and you go to buy that record, he's like, oh, I'll just, I'll just clean it real real quick for you too you know so yeah you know if you find yourself a good trusted record store chances are you know they take pride in their albums that they sell and and i mean i've had dan clean dollar bin records for me before you know and and, th and throw in a, a you know a plastic sleeve customer that, service you know? man. yeah you know back, so you don't have more. to go to these big bloated box stores and you know yeah that uh and pay an arm and a leg for you know a 180 gram repress that's an exclusive for now yeah you, you can do that man you can buy an album for like 10 bucks that plays just as good absolutely um you know before we leave for today i just want to also note like some people really just like doing this too and getting records because they're fun and colorful um this one is a fun oh. colored record um a product of modern vinyl mostly now there are colored records from back in the day but um Colored records really started with like sub pop records in the early 90s and mm. limited colored releases. Um, and that's why really what we have today. I just pulled out an OC's record that was uh, colored. Um, and some people just collect colored vinyl. 
So yeah. that's all they do. Yeah. If it's a fun special press, they buy it and they like the band. Um, they might not even have a record player. It just becomes kind of like a, um, a souvenir for them mm-hmm. in the modern day. Um, I would say listen to all your vinyl. We'll be back with like another gear edition where we can like talk mm-hmm. about like some entry level stuff to get started. Yeah, but, turntables. Um, but yeah, that's kind of you know a quick little intro. If you have a question about um, mm-hmm. record collecting um, or like anything gear, what do you think I should be doing for this? Um, I'm not the most knowledgeable audiophile out there, but I'm more of a practical guy that w- will get you something that will not ruin your records and you'll be satisfied yeah. with. So, yeah, you know, uh, tell what's uh, your Instagram. My Instagram is Julius Spins Records. Julius Spins Records, yes. And then feel free to drop a comment below too if you have any sort of questions. Uh, you can email us at getinthegaragepodcast.gmail.com. Uh, so yeah, until next time, guys, make sure you like, subscribe, and comment. Give us a thumbs up. Give us a like. Awaken the primordial alg- algorithm. Tell your Summon friends. the beast. Tell your friends. Yeah, share, 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 share. If you can share, we really, really greatly appreciate it. And subscribe on YouTube. And subscribe on YouTube. It, it helps us a bunch. Also, quick reminder, we're now on, uh, video is available on Spotify. So feel free to check us out there. <laughs> if you've also got Spotify, until next time, this has been Get in the Garage. Love one another. Have a good week at school. (laughs) Bye-bye. This has been a presentation from the Wasted Robot Network. For more information and links to other shows, please visit www.wastedrobotrecords.com slash podcasts.